Welcome to Curious Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 170. And it's a good one. Because it, it's, well, they're all real. Is it, is it a good one? <laughs> I wanted to say it because it's real, but I'm like, what does that mean for the other 169? Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should leave the the quality of the episode up to the listeners. That judgment, is true. And that, then that, afterwards, no, no, but they I believe can determine in this one. whether I believe or not it in this was one. Good. Let us know down below <laughs> before you even finish watching the video. Is this a good episode? In the comments below, let us know. Before you even finish watching? Yeah, but just right now. Before you even watch it. Just are you prepared for a great thumbs up, episode? Thumbs up on YouTube. Give us thumbs up, subscribe. Write a little comment and uh, maybe just tell us how your week's going. We'd love to hear and uh, and chat with you. So anyways, uh, yeah, what are we talking about today? Well, the reason I think this is going to be an enjoyable one for us is because we just lived through this. So the title of this episode is Making Profits While on the Road. Yeah. Because... Road profit. Because that we both experienced it. Now, we experienced it in different ways, right? You took a vehicle, you had a trailer, I caught an airplane and I flew out somewhere. So I think this is going to be a well-balanced one also because yours is mainly eBay. I'm going to talk a little bit about Amazon, right? And whatever we talk about eBay, that applies to all the other platforms that are similar. You know, Poshmark, Mercari, Together. Did you know about Together? That's another platform mm-hmm. out there. Bonanza, I'm trying to name all, Depop, Grailed. I mean, there's a lot of StockX. Just keep going. We'll I just think- spend the rest of the podcast. You can just name off... Uh- you can just that, that, name that, off that. all the, the platforms. Should we there. do an episode where we review all of them? I haven't sold on all of them, so I don't think that would be fair. Yeah. Well, fair enough. So, but there's so many out there. So, super important, you know, especially I think when you go full time to take these trips of sourcing. I think you could stay home and you could never leave and be in the same region. But there's something about traveling, not only the, the fun aspect or the, the idea that you actually can have a paidcation where everything is taken care of, but the idea that you can find more places to source, you can find different kind of inventory. And again, it's the modern day treasure hunt. So I thought I'd break this up into three things. One, before the road, which I think majority of what you do when you go on these trips should be planned out before you go. Now, there is a lot of fun of... I guess you, you call it freestyling. That's what they call it on pickers when they just get in the van and they're driving yeah, around. Freestyle. <laughs> freestyling. Freestyling doesn't work very much. So, but well, it does. It does. And we'll talk about one of our hustles of the week today. That was a freestyle hustle of the week. And then I thought I'd talk about on the road. Like, what do you need to do on the road? Now, these aren't end all answers. This is what Mike and I have experienced and what has worked for us and what hasn't worked for us. And then at the end, I thought we'd come back and go, okay, what do we do when we're back from the road, right? Because that's just as, it, well, it's not just as important, but it's pretty important. So Fair enough. I thought we'd leave the least important for last. Is that good? Or, well, people mean, are going to turn us you, off. When you started by saying like <laughs> the, the most important is before the road and just as important is after, I was going to say like, well, is it like all of them are the most important parts? <laughs> They're all important. Stay every, tuned to the end. Every part of your life is the most important part. Just know that. Is that true? I don't know. Why not? I wonder. I wonder. You know? You take things too seriously, man. I'm philosophizing right now. I don't know about that. Okay. All right. So when we talk about before the road, I think you need a clear purpose, right? You kind of experienced some of that, didn't you? When you left, you had this grandiose idea that you're going to be hitting every store, but then you realize it was a family trip. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I think purpose is, is important because um, one you've got to understand what it is you really want to get out of something, right? Like, like it doesn't matter what it is in life, what you're trying to do. Uh, oftentimes people have goals and sometimes those goals are unattainable. Sometimes they don't set goals at all. 
And so what you really want to do is you really want to find out what what is realistic. And I think you should find uh, a goal that stretches you further than you've been stretched before, but isn't like so far out of range that you're never going to reach it or so easy that that there's no challenge. And the same thing goes with this. When you're deciding, hey, I'm going to source more. I want to learn a new niche or I'm going to go on a big road trip. You really want to understand what is it that I'm, I'm expecting to get out of this. Now, uh, my trip and your trip was a little bit different mm-hmm. primarily. And you've taken several trips um, primarily because of just the the atmosphere, right? Or, or the purpose of the trip. So uh, for us, my mom lives in Colorado. My dad lives in Texas. We don't see them very often. So we wanted to spend a little bit of time with family. And also we were going with a two and a half year old with us, right? My son. And so we understood that we wanted to have fun. We had planned that we were going to do some kind of a family trip, some kind of vacation over the summer. I'm a teacher. I'm going to have the summer off. And what we decided is let's kind of have a 50-50 or maybe not a perfectly 50-50, but a split vacation slash work trip. Uh, the idea being, let's do some sourcing, let's make some money, uh, let's make the trip pay for itself, but let's have fun too. Let's realize that this isn't all work because I, we could have made it that way. We could have gone to just stay with my parents, but not actually spent time with them, not have enjoyed the scenery, not have enjoyed the things that are around, but uh, but going knowing, hey, we're going to take a day and we're going to go to a zoo. We're not going to do any sourcing that day. We're going to take another day and we're going to go to Great Wolf Lodge and we're just going to hang out at a water park, Right. And knowing that this is what's going to make this trip memorable. Now, the nice thing is that's what we wanted. We wanted a family trip that was going to be fun, that was going to be memorable. Uh, And then also on top of that, free or profitable, right? So Mm -hmm. we knew that we'd be able to make some money, uh, but we didn't we we didn't want to turn the whole thing into a, 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 a work trip. That being said, I think even in my mind, I anticipated stopping far more often than we did, uh, but you know, when when you're doing your planning and you're trying to figure it out and you've got maybe eight, nine hour days on the road, every stop that adds an extra half hour or 45 minutes to your trip, it starts to add up quickly. And when you got a two and a half year old with you, it changes everything. So we decided, you know what, let's make sure we stop enough that we can, you know, source, we can get a few things, we can um, have some fun. And once we got to the point where I was like, hey, this trip is pretty much paid for, there was a lot less pressure on us. Yeah, and I'm about to say the same thing, except from a different angle, right? Mine was, it was purely business. And I ended up having fun on this trip. The goal was, I was going to go in, there are these items I was looking for to send into FBA. That was my ultimate goal. My goal was to go in there, go into the state of Colorado, and I'll actually, we're dropping a YouTube, I'm dropping a YouTube on Friday, not on the Amazon site, it's going to be all eBay. So tune in, episode drop on Friday, hopefully I have it all edited. Hopefully, hopefully you'll enjoy it. We'll see. My first video I think I've dropped on YouTube in like two years. It's been a long time. So I knew exactly what I needed to do. And when you know exactly what you're doing and you meet that expectation, it makes your trip a whole lot better, right? You went into your trip saying this is going to be a vacation, family time, and hopefully we'll be able to get some thrifting and it'll be profitable, right? So when you weren't able to hit every thrift store, you didn't have this continual feeling like, oh, we're failing, like we're not making it happen. Da, 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 da. Same goes on the other side. I had a goal that I was going to, you know, clean out the state of Colorado of this one certain item. And and I'll talk about this in our, in our planning, but I already knew what I was going to do. So the moment I landed, I ended up getting my rental car and that's all I did for the entire day. I did nothing else. I didn't stop into my hotel. I already had my reservation made. 
I didn't stop to eat. Well, I grabbed a little bit of food, I think, on the way. But all I did is I sourced and I sourced and I sourced and I sourced because that was my goal. That was my purpose. Now, did I plan on thrifting and doing some eBay stuff? I did. But this was what needed to happen first. If this didn't happen, I would the whole time during the trip feel this constant pressure. What did I miss out on? What did I not take care of? What did I not do? So I sourced all the way from I landed about one o'clock and I sourced until about, I say, 1030 at night. And I came back and I was good. And then the next day, I just spent the whole entire morning putting together my shipment and I sent it out. And then it was like, all right, what do I do now? Mm. Right. Then I didn't have the second part plan. Now, do I wish I had the second part planned a little bit better? I do. But my ultimate goal was there. Within my first stop, I already made enough money to cover my entire trip and profit. So everything after that, I knew was going to be profitable. But purpose is really important. Now, if it was a different trip. And I was traveling with my boys and we were going to do like a sightseeing vacation trip. I would have to have the understanding that, okay, either it's all business the first day. And then the rest of the time, you know, my boys and I will go sightseeing and we'll be tourists and so on. Or I'm going to plan each day where that's what we're going to do. But the key thing is knowing the purpose, because I've done the (laughs) random trip where I just fly in somewhere. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's here. And it's pretty miserable because no planning is done. I don't know where I'm going. I end up not being profitable because I'm not hitting as many spots as I can. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I better source better tomorrow. And I spend the entire evening planning when I when I should have already done that. Now, let's talk about planning. Wait, so you're saying that you've like gone to like an airport and like just pick a ticket to like a city like, hey, let's see what's over there. And you, you just fly in and, and check stuff out. Like what are you... <laughs> Not exactly like that. No, no. I bought the tickets a week ahead. Like I bought the tickets and I got the rental vehicle, but I have done the, huh, I wonder what's in this city. You know, so I've done that. Uh, one time I, I flew into Utah and I did that. And now luckily it was, it was tied into like, I was going to do some AP reading when I was a teacher. I was going to, uh, I had to grade 500 essays a day. I don't know how many I graded. It was a lot. And so we had to work from 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. Uh, 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. And then they let us go. Sometimes it actually knows 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Yeah, because 5 p.m. Like there's not a lot of time. So 3 p.m. So I didn't really plan out that trip very much, but I was like, eh, I'll just end up going wherever there is. Man, it was one of the most profitable trips I ever had. Now, that was during the glory days of Amazon where you could send almost everything. Things were ungated. There wasn't that much competition. So I went to a bunch of savers. I actually found all kinds of Patagonia and Merrill and and hiking stuff. And I think it's Morel. Morel? Yeah. You always say Merrill. I, I, I hear people say Merrill too. So, you know, it's okay. Is it like one of those things if you're British, it changes? I don't know. Let us know in the comments. Is it Morel or is it Merrill? <laughs> uh, how are they going to do that? Are they going to have to put the little. Uh, yeah, do little it phonetically. Marks? The phonetically. <laughs> okay, whatever. Morel. Okay. But. It wasn't planned out. Now, luckily, it worked out. Now, I've had other trips where I've driven up, let's say, to Northern California. And I've driven up. I've flown up to Northern California. I'm like, huh, I wonder what I'm going to find. And yeah, I've done that. Now, I have friends and stuff. Like, I, I don't just randomly go. Now, it, it's it's nice to stay in a hotel sometimes. You know, you have that happy balance where you feel guilty if you're staying at somebody's house. So sometimes it's better to stay in a hotel mm. just to avoid that guilt. But yeah, I've done that before. I mean, that that's one of the nice things I love about selling full-time is that if I want, I can just get up and leave and go somewhere and I'm still going to be able to run the business away from home, right? So now let's talk about planning a little bit. 
you this actually took some planning, right? I mean, you were planning this for weeks. Yeah, no. Luckily, um, my wife, my wife and I have different skill sets, and um, I, I'm more in some ways business minded and, and and can think that way. But she has the she has the um, the what would you call it? Like uh, uh, drawing a blank on the term. But anyways, she, she can plan out and organize like times and locations and all of that stuff way better than I can. And so uh, she had been planning this trip since early in January. And I'm the kind of person who you start telling me about a trip. I mean, we were going to go to Africa earlier before the whole COVID thing kind of stopped that. That's right. um, I've been, I've been, that. I've been all over the world to different countries and as crazy as a place I'm going in is as amazing as I know it's going to be. It isn't until I'm pretty much landed there that I start to get excited about the trip. Like, huh. I don't really think about it. Like if you were to say like, yeah, in two weeks, we're going to go to Africa or we're going to go to Nepal or we're, it's like, all right, sweet. And that's kind of where it stays with me. I don't really like think that far into the future, whereas she'll have already planned it all out. And so my wife had already kind of did the route. You know, we should stay here for so many days. If we leave on this day, then we'll come into this town at this time. Uh, and then we could, and, and she had it all planned out, which I'm so glad that she was able to do a lot of that. So then what I did at that point is I, I said, okay, so which places are we going to be on what date? She kind of had the outline for me. And then I would go through and say, all right, I'm putting it in my my Google Maps and I'm going to see how many thrift stores are along the way. Now, I use Google Maps. One of the cool things is you can do a point A to point B and then search along the route. Right, it's a cool feature. I don't know if it's the same on the iPhone. Yeah, I can use something different. I'll talk about it a little bit. So um, I do search on the route, uh, search along the route, and it will show me um, thrift stores, and then exactly how far the detour would be. So this store is a oh, yeah. six minute detour. The store is a two minute plus detour. Plus nine, right? Plus six, and it'll show me all of them, and so I can kind of get an idea. Um, now, one of the things I did with that it was just assume like, okay, we're going to start driving in the morning. The thing I didn't account for, and I should have, is time change. Right, so. Okay, we've got a nine-hour day of driving. If we leave, you know, we're going to be in Utah at this time. We're going to leave in the morning, and then we'll be into Colorado at this time. No big deal, except for, you know, you're losing time the whole way when you're going west to east. And so where I would think, hey, we're going to be into this city by 4 o'clock. This thrift store closes at 5. We should be good. Well, once time <laughs> starts changing, that's different, right? And so that's part of the planning, too, is there's some things that, that you might not even think about. What, is, what are the time zones there? Especially if you're on, on a driving trip, how long is it going to take you? How many stops are you going to have to do? Each one of those stops, you're going to have to add kind of in your your total time. So if, if there's a thrift store you want to get to closer towards your ending destination, uh, you might not be able to make it if you've got a long trip that day. You might have to the next day start, but you might have to backtrack, right? So kind of planning out your route in the same way we talk about with like garage sales, kind of planning out a map and your route, understanding what looks best. Um, that's really important. And then also things like, um, you know, okay, we're going to be bringing the trailer. What are the things we need to do to get this trailer ready? Well, let's get new tires. Let's, let's make sure that we have uh, a tool set in the back of the trailer in case we have to use it. And luckily I had it cause I did need to use it. Right. And so, um, we had to think through what are the things that we want? Oh, we're going to need totes in this trailer. All right. Well, I've got eight totes in this trailer and I've got room for more, but we're going to leave these open, but these totes are going to slide around. So I need to install something to hold the totes in place. So those were all things that I did weeks in advance, knowing that this trip was coming. Now you could be like me usually, and just kind of wait to the last minute, procrastinate. And then those things come up and it's like, now I don't have time, right? I don't have, I didn't even think about getting something to hold the, the totes in. Now you've got totes swinging back and forth and you got inventory getting messed up. So um, you really do need to plan out and think ahead uh, as much as possible. 
And then uh, that kind of even goes in with your purpose, right? So um, are you wanting to hit every single thrift store along the way? How much time are you going to spend in each? Or are you willing to say, hey, I'm only going to hit every other thrift store or I'm only going to hit two in each city. I'm going to avoid the Salvation Armies and the Goodwills. I'm just going to do the smaller ones or I'm just going to do the Salvation Armies, right? So you can kind of plan that out that way. And it really helps with having that ahead of time. And then the other important part with planning, uh, and this kind of even is is on the road a little bit, but at each kind of checkpoint, reevaluate, okay? So maybe you got in later, maybe you drove a little further, something else happened. So now you've got at the end of the night, all right, what does tomorrow look like? Plan it out before you go to bed. Because if you wake up and you go, oh man, we should have left 45 minutes ago if we wanted to hit this place by this time. So you always got to be have a long-term plan. What is the week going to look like? And then day to day, those plans change, right? So you want to make sure you're constantly evaluating what do I need to do today? And has anything changed that is going to change my overall plan? Yeah, agreed, agreed. And for me, and this applies both for Amazon, eBay, whatever platform, it's key to understand what is nearby. Like You don't want to waste time, especially if the purpose is a business one, you have to keep it business. And again, once you get that out of the way, the rest of the time you can have fun. I, I, I shared this in the, in the YouTube video. You'll see that like the last day, I mean, I spent three days in Colorado. My last day was kind of just hanging out. Like I, I met up with my former boss went to lunch, spent a few hours doing that. I just hit up whatever thrift stores I found. It probably would have been a lot more profitable on the eBay side had I planned it out. Because I was just going to whatever thrift store I could find. And yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting, you know? But the key thing for me was, so before I went out there, when I was looking for this item, I called, I found every single store that carried the item that I wanted. Then after I found every single store, the night before I called every single store and I asked, how much of this do you have in stock? And so I put out a sheet and, you know, I wrote the name of each store and then I put how much each store had of a certain item. So I knew that I would, oh, I'd have a limited amount, right? Because by the time I get there the next day, there may not be that many. And then I could kind of test, okay, what stores do I need to hit? Do I need to skip a store? Because maybe their inventory is low and it's not worth it me driving that far. So after I did that, then I went to, I used Route Excel. I think you can do the same thing in Google map. RouteXL.com, you basically just, you put an address where you want to start, where you want to end. And then you put a bunch of addresses in there and then you hit route and it'll route you in a perfect, not circle, but it'll take you from point A to point B and everything in between. And it'll give you the shortest way to get to each of those routes. And so I did that. And it was, it was super profitable because had I just showed up, not knowing how much inventory there would have been, I would have gone to some stores where there was nothing because there actually was a few stores where it was like an hour away. And, and part of me would have been like, oh, yeah, you know what? They probably have it there because, you know, there's less people shopping there. And I would have driven all that way and there would have been nothing. Or I, this happened to me before, too, where I haven't planned. And I show up and the location doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's closed. Like for whatever reason, it didn't update on Google or it didn't update on Yelp. So it's very important that you figure that out. So after I had that all done, I understood, okay, I have from this point to this point. And then if I need to skip a certain place, that's okay because the inventory is lower there. And, you know, if I'm short on time, if I need to get to a certain store before the store closes, I can get there sooner. The other part was planning how I was going to take care of shipments, right? My, my issue before when I've done FBA shipments was I'd go... 
and I wouldn't have a printer or I'd go to a hotel that didn't have an office space, you know, where they have like a printer there for you. Mm-hmm. You can go online or there wasn't a FedEx nearby. Well, not FedEx anymore. Now it's UPS store only. So there wasn't a UPS store nearby or there wasn't, you know, a Walmart or Home Depot or U-Haul where I could get supplies. So that's another part that I needed to play a part. Now, if I did eBay, that's also should go into your equation. And I'll talk about this later on because sometimes I've gone where you have to ship things back to you, right? So you have to find a way. I would say don't allow, don't allow how much you can take home with you limit what you source. Because if there's a good deal and you can't get that deal anywhere else at that moment, it may be worth shipping it back to yourself. Case in point, when I was doing Amazon one time, <laughs> I actually ended up having to like do all these crazy shipments. Now, luckily, I was able to ship everything from where I was. But had it come to a place where I was short on time, I already had a plan. I knew that if I went through PayPal shipping, it was 25% off the UPS. And so therefore, I was going to ship that way. I was going to ship items back home. Luckily, I didn't have to do that, right? So planning, planning, planning is super important, especially if you want to make it profitable. But actually, if you want to make it a good family time, I mean, that that's, you know, the best vacations are the ones I think are planned out. I always find that they're not planned out for the most part, especially with small kids. You're miserable. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I go back and forth on that. OK, I like some days where it's planned out and then a few days where it's just go with the flow because, man. When it's like, you've got to wake up at this time and get ready by this so we can go to this amusement park and then we've got to be by this dinner for this reservation. And then you wake up in the morning you're like, I just want to lay in bed for a half hour. See, it's so it's my vacation. In real life, you're very much like, I got to get up at this time. Yeah. In, va- in real life, I'm not like that at all. But on vacation, there's a schedule, my friend. Like, you got to hit that schedule. You pay that money, you want them to have that fun, you go by the schedule. Yeah, see, that's why like, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't have a, a Disney, uh, a Disney pass anymore. My wife, uh, she and my son both go to Disneyland uh, fairly frequently, so they have passes, and it's so much better to have a pass because you can show up, you can spend three or four hours, and then come home, right? Okay. But like when you pay to like go to somewhere, and it's like you got to spend to get your money's worth, you've got to spend the whole twelve hours yes. in the park. It's the worst. I hate that. And so, I mean, obviously, if you go somewhere unique, you you have to do that. But I. I I prefer the more go with the flow, kind of more relaxing because because I'm so rigid in my my day-to-day life that vacation needs to be the break from that. Maybe there's something wrong with me because I'm rigid when it comes to vacations. Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> All right. Hey, what about packing? Were, were you planning on shipping anything out? Did you try to list anything when you're out there? I was thinking about it. I was thinking about bringing my, my light box and doing some of that. Uh, but I just knew that going from, you know, hotel room to hotel room was already such a challenge. Um, you know, we spent a few days with my mom and a few days with my dad. We did an Airbnb in Texas. But most nights or many of the nights we were driving to and getting to a hotel in the evening, unpacking all of our stuff that needed to go inside the room. And then in the morning, packing it all back up and loading it and going to the next place. Right. Which is, you know, kind of a typical road trip. And the idea of especially after the first few nights, I was glad we didn't do it. The idea of lugging up some of the inventory or staying out in the heat and setting up a light box and taking pictures of inventory when I just want to, you know, crawl into bed, turn on some stupid TV and blast the air conditioning because that is the best part about being in a hotel room is setting the air conditioning to 60 degrees. I agree. You got to keep it. Yeah. So I didn't bring like a, 
uh, packing tape and, and picture equipment and all of that. Um, but I, like, even that being said, I still had to prep the stuff that I did pack and bring, knowing that there had to be room for inventory. There had to be an organized system so that as I was getting stuff, well, am I going to put it in the, 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 the totes closest to the door? Well, then as those fill up, then, then I've got full totes in the, by the door that I have to take out in order to get back. Like, so even there, you kind of have to have a process of how you, how you pack your stuff. So if you're bringing a trailer, you know, are you going to load from the front to the back or the back to the front? How are you going to do that? Are you willing to move that stuff? And so having a system in place is really important. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey everyone, ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, purehustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. Yeah, agreed. And so and you got to understand what you should pack and what you should not pack. So I think uh, you're crazy for packing like a giant printer. You should be bringing your little. No, I know people got after me. People were telling me to get the the fake Rolo printers, like yeah. the, the private label Chinese ones. Yeah, <laughs> I think I will. I think I will. I will. All right, but I just for that moment, I just thought, you know what? He carries like a full size. It was an HP printer. Printer, <laughs> laser printer in, in his in his luggage. Carry everywhere on. he goes. It's crazy. Carry on. Okay, now 
Let me let me give you the evolution of all that. That's though. not effective. I'm just saying. It was effective. It was very effective. It's not efficient. Okay, efficient maybe not, but it was effective. So I plan for both when I go. Now, I I really think you, now you have the capability of doing eBay on the road. I think it's very doable. Here's some things to think about. So when I say pack and not I would know what not to pack, if you're going to do eBay, right? Your phone is easy. You don't even need a light box anymore because you can remove the white background, right? So you can technically list anywhere. You can list in your hotel room. You can list at the store. You can list anywhere. Now, when it comes to shipping, that's when things get interesting. So you can technically ship things that are priority as long as you know where those envelopes or whatever are available for you or where you can buy them, right? So that's easy. For me, I always, when I travel, when I'm sourcing, I, I always have a scale. You never know when you're going to need a scale. Like whether it's on an eBay sale, you're going to have to weigh something or there's FBA. Now, I do bring my huge gargantuan scale. Now, somebody did tell me there's a smaller scale that's the same job. Okay, that's fine. It's fine. But it worked. It was all in my carry-on. It was not a problem. <laughs> you look at me in judgment, but you know what? It works. Okay. Also, packing tape. Tape is a non-essential for me. Now, I will say don't pack your uh, tape dispenser in your carry-on because there's a there's a blade at the end that I'm not sure you're going to be able to take that onto carry-on. You know, the funny thing about that printer is whenever I went through security, like they always gave me these looks. Yeah, like what's wrong and the with last, you? The last time they actually like had me, like they took it out, they looked it over, they had, had, they had the bomb residue test on it on my hands too. And I'm like, is that because of how I look, or is that because of the yeah, printer? You can That's get, all I'm you saying. can get, you can get those those printers like my Rolo. I, I know whatever. it's I like know. not much bigger than a mug. I know, and I, and I probably will because now you could you can do uh, FBA labels on those, so you couldn't like a year ago. So that things have changed. I always take when I go on Amazon FBA trips. I always take poly bags because what if you score something that you need a poly bag for? So I always take poly bags. And I one of I would say the printer was the biggest game changer for me this last time around. So would I take that massive printer again? Maybe, maybe. But this is why you sometimes may give yourself more room in your luggage if you're able to flip stuff when you're on the road. At least this is when you're flying in. When you're in the car, that changes, right? And I'll give an example of something that I I'm not. I should have shared this in the update, but I'm gonna share it now. So. I, I usually take Southwest probably 99, 99% of the time because I always get highway miles, not highway miles, airline miles because of my credit card. And on top of that, you get two free luggage, a carry-on and a backpack, right? So usually I take one of my luggage and I only pack it maybe 10% because it's only like three or four day trips, right? If it was, if it was two weeks, I've done a one week trip before and you know it's probably like half full with clothing. And the rest of the half is for whatever eBay and so on and supplies and tape and whatever else is on there. Now, you, you do have the understanding that if you're doing a major FBA shipment, this last time I shipped out 13 boxes, I went through a lot of tape already, right? So I didn't have that much tape. I didn't use any of the poly bags, so those came back with me. The other part of it is also understanding what you don't need to pack. So, for example, I don't pack boxes. <laughs> Imagine taking boxes. But there's U-Hauls around. There's Home Depots around. There's Walmart around, right? Packing paper. I won't take packing paper because I can go to U-Haul, pay 10 bucks and I get like 200 sheets of packing paper, right? So keep all this in mind. So think of what you would need at home in order to make an Amazon shipment or an eBay shipment and determine what you're going 
to do while you're out there. So I had, and I'll share this in the YouTube video, I did have a couple items that sold. It was really easy. They went into a priority flat rate envelope. Post office already carried those. So it was no biggie. I already was able to print my labels because I had my printer and I had my adhesive uh, labels that I just printed off and I slapped it onto the envelope and I packed it and it was good to go. So in two days, actually it took, maybe it took uh, 24 hours uh, to sell one of the games and the other game sold the next day. So it's easy, right? Now, you do got to be careful that you don't take on more than you can. <laughs> so on this last trip, I, I, this isn't on the YouTube. This is a podcast exclusive Orlando's failure. So, you know, trampolines are a hot seller right now. Did you know that? Yeah. So I'm at the Soretta Navi named and there was this thing that looked like a trampoline in a box. I was like, I'm going to flip this local. It was like day one of the trip. I'm like, I'm going to buy this. Now, what I didn't notice, and I did at the end before I bought it, it, it's not, it wasn't a trampoline. It was a trampoline enclosure. Ah, yeah. Right? It was like those, like, fences. Yeah, because the trampoline box would be huge. Yeah. Very, very heavy. Yeah. No, this thing was massive, too. This thing weighed at least 50 pounds. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to flip this locally. This isn't related to, don't do this. I'm just telling you what not to do. Okay. So I'm like, all right, there's no price on it. So I'm like, oh, even better, because maybe I could haggle my way. So I approached the, the employee. I'm like, hey, how much are you willing to let this go for? They're like, I don't know. Have you looked it up? I'm like, what? Looked it up? I'm like, uh, you know, I haven't, but it's not a, a you know, I'm not going to give you guys much because I'm on a trip and, you know, I got to figure out how to ship this. If I got to ship in, da, 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 da. Now, they were going, the comps were like three to $500 for this new right this was open box boxes ripped da, 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 and you know and for a, a trampoline enclosure you'd have to take it out and examine to make sure it's not ripped because it's a safety like because you're really big on not selling things that are safety hazards like but this was a local, trampoline so I wasn't enclosure. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not really a moral thing it's no no a, it's it was a legal a, no, thing no, no, it was a moral thing i looked inside it was good okay it was good all right so the guy's like how much we'd be willing to pay for it and i'm like 25 and he's like, 35? I'm like, no, 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 25. So 35? I'm like, no, I'm only going to pay 25 for this. And he's like, all right, we'll do 25. I'm like, hey, 25 bucks, I'll, I'll do, I'll run the risk. So I had, a, and I had a minivan, so I threw it in the minivan. Now, it was kind of nice because even before I bought it, I was already getting, I already posted it on OfferUp. I was getting a bunch of offers. Now, one of them was a scammer. It was like, hey, I'll send you a cashier's check. You can hold it for me. Like, no, stop it. The other one was... This was shady. A guy messaged me and he's like, I posted it for 180 in the store. He messaged me. He's like, I'll give you a hundred. I'm like, yeah, I counter. I'm like, I'll do 125. And he's like, you know, actually I found one online for 65. I'm like what? No, you did not. What are you talking about? So I'm like, no worries. Somebody else messaged me. Now here's the problem with this item. People just read trampoline. They didn't read enclosure. So I'm all excited. I'm, so I bought it thinking I got these multiple people wanting to buy this, put it in my minivan, drove around with it for two days. Well, and that's got to be hard too because I was I was updating my weights every time I'd get to a new place like yeah. when I was in Colorado. And, and if you're traveling and you're staying in different locations and you're constantly updating the the location of where it's at locally, that's yeah. a nightmare. No, it was, but it was easy. I just put Denver. And then recovers a lot, you know. Now I did go to one side where 
on the other side, I went all the way to Eagle, Colorado, and then I went to the other side, which is Colorado Springs. So yeah, I get that. But usually I just message people and I just found like the nearest, you know, Carl's Jr. Starbucks or whatever. I'm like, hey, we can meet here. That's a good idea though. I mean, not that it'll always work, but uh, on OfferUp and, you know, Facebook Marketplace, go into stores like like Goodwill, Salvation Armies. And if you see a big something, maybe a big piece of furniture that's been in there for a long time and you don't want to store it, take some pictures of it there and list it on OfferUp. I've done that. I've done and then that. just leave it. And if somebody says they'll buy it, say sweet. And then go to the Salvation Army, offer up after you set the time and place. And if it's gone, just then you flake on the person and say, hey, sorry, it's not available okay. anymore. Well, I've never done that. <laughs> and if they and, and if it's still there, then you buy it and you sell it. Okay. Now, I have done where I've taken the pictures of the item in the store and then I bought it. No, I'm saying just leave, no, let I, the I know store hold saying. it. I know like, what you're saying. Now, that's only worked on me twice where I actually sold it within the store. But I actually bought it and I and met with the person. I've never done the whole take a picture, leave the store. I mean, I know people do that with like certain stores. RA stuff, right? Yeah, well, RA, you do it all the time, especially if they're next door to an RA place. But it's, it's. I mean, you can get away with it. Now, OfferUp gives you reviews and so does Facebook Marketplace. So you got to be careful with that. Yeah, but but you don't get a review if you don't if there's no transaction. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, hey. I'm not, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge. So anyways, long story short, hey, you're just helping the Salvation Army sell it. It's all you're doing. You're, you're helping connect them with the buyer or whatever thrift. You're store just you're the middleman. You're, you're like a you're broker. wholesaler. You're a broker, right? And and you get a broker fee for it. You know, the difference between what the buyer pays and uh, what you're paying the thrift store. It's a genius idea. I'm going to start doing it. So anyways, I drove around with this thing for two and a half days and it was getting close to me having to take off on my airplane. And they ended up having to redonate it, so I lost twenty five bucks. And it was it was worth it to me. Or you could me. say that you you know donated twenty five dollars to the store that should not be. Needed. I did, I did to help out other people. That's right. And Very actually, thoughtful. not only that, they're going to make profit on this item again. Yep. They're probably going to sell it for more because wherever I dropped it off, they're going to they're not going to charge twenty five. It's it's at least worth eighty bucks used. Like at a at a store shall not be named. I mean, if the right person goes in and finds it, right? That's true. That's true. It's just it, hurt. it was so bad. I kept getting excited. Like you know, the offer up sound is addicting too, right? And it was every time I'm like, just to make sure, I'm like, you know, this is a trampoline enclosure. They're like, oh, never mind. Like every single time, without a doubt. So, but it's not to say that when you're traveling, you can't do that. I mean, with your weights, you ended up having to take them back home. Yep. Okay. Yep. But I have done it on the road too, where I've done the local and it's worked out. It's worked out. So mine, I just want to share you just for the sake of sharing the story. Nice. Well, so thank you for that. Hopefully you all learned, make sure to buy items that are actually hot. Not that they have a hot name, but they're not what they are. All right. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. What about on the road? Know your surroundings. We kind of talked about that a little bit, but I would say the very first thing you should do after you're done, if you're done sourcing right away or whatever it is, know where everything is located, right? Here's the biggest problem I've had. And this ties into the packing. I've gone and I didn't take, I didn't pack a tape dispenser. I remember one time I didn't pack a tape dispenser and I literally spent two hours looking for a tape dispenser. Like Brutal. how ridiculous was that? Like I went to Walmart, sold out of tape dispensers. I went to Target. They didn't sell them. I mean, but that's not really anything you could do. 
Right. Like I could have packed it or I could have ahead of time. If I knew that, you know, I wasn't going to take one with me, I could have called stores and made sure they had them in stock. And so I knew, so I went to the exact store. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if you like, for instance, we got that Airbnb, we recognize, okay, there's a Target, there's a Costco, there's a Walmart. There's no way if I'm like, all right, when we get there, we can, if we need to pick up certain items, I'm not going to call for everything. Hey, do you, do you sell toothpaste? Right. Like there, there comes a point where you just got to assume that stores like Walmart are going to have the thing. And if it's sold out, that's kind of a fluke. I mean, I, I almost worry I think, about. I think if it's pivotal to your business, I think you should call ahead. I mean, I can't think of anything that's that pivotal. Tape dispenser. That you wouldn't pack. That's true. No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. But this was a time. This is my early days where I really the only I really didn't pack anything. I remember the early days of doing FBI on the road. The only thing I showed up with was my MacBook. And I basically would buy the boxes at U-Haul. I'd print at the office uh, tape. I would go to a Costco and I would buy the tape in the dispenser there and packing stuff at the U-Haul. So I took care of like I wouldn't take anything with me. But I realized when I did that, I spent so much time looking for those items that I lost money because I was spending time on the road trying to get you know, all the items I needed instead of already having it with me. So I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, those were rough days. I'll never forget when I wasn't doing, uh, regular labels when I was doing the, uh, one and a half by five, eight, whatever I was doing the Avery labels. And I remember having to go to the concierge in the hotel and he couldn't get the, the labels in the printer. Right. And I literally spent half an hour trying to teach the guy how to do it because he wouldn't let me do it. Mm. He's like, all right, I'm going to go to the back and I'll print this out. And he came back and it was messed up. Here's some more. Came, all this time I lost. If I just brought my own printer, I would have been okay. So there you go. All right. So I would say, I would say know your surroundings and I always have backup plans. Like, hey, what if, what if these stores aren't available? What if the store isn't working? What do I do now? What about profit early? How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you're just saying work, work hard early. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It makes um, your trip so much better. Yeah. It just goes back to that idea of, of of swallowing the frog, right? Or eat that frog is as soon as you can, the first thing you should do is the most difficult task. And if you're, like you said, if, if hanging over your head is this, I need to stop at X number of stores that I can get this one item. And I haven't been to any of these stores yet or only maybe one. And I've spent some time and I've gotten dinner and I'm going to sleep in this morning. That's it, hanging over your head oh, and you can't enjoy you. any of your time. So yeah, I mean, do, do the difficult things first. And, but then again, that goes to your purpose, right? Like for us, we were like, we want to get to a certain location in a certain time. And so, uh, we're going to drive. And that was the hard part, right? Like we've just got to get there. And then once we're there, we'll spend a day's horsing and then we're going to drive again for a couple of days. And we're not going to stop anywhere during that drive because we want to get from point A to point B so that we can have the most amount of time with family. And so you got to have to know like what, what are your goals and purpose? But, um, I, I can definitely say that after enough stops where I could say, Oh, I think I've paid for this trip. The rest of the trip was a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, but at the same time, there's less of an urgency. And so you don't feel as I've got to get into another thrift store. I've got to get into another store. I've got to source more. Um, so th there's a, there's a plus and a negative pros and cons to that of once you've kind of achieved your goal, it's actually harder. I feel like once you achieve a goal to keep going, than it is to 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 get to that goal. That's such a, that's such a good point. Because once I made, like once I did all those stops and I made plenty of, you know, well, potential, 
now it's finally kicking in because stuff finally showed up to the warehouse. I actually was super lax. Like things didn't bother Which me. Which is kind much. of the idea of like the 10x is instead of setting your goal here, set it further so that even if you don't make it to that further point, you've already actually reached your real goal plus some. Whereas, like, yeah, a lot of times you get to your goal and then you kind of just coast. And like I always say, um, you know, you are either you're either progressing or you're regressing. There's no in between. You there's you can't really stagnate. You can't just stay in the middle. You're either getting getting faster, stronger, better, smarter, more productive, whatever it is, or you're getting less. Like you can't really stay where you're at. And so, yeah, a lot of times you reach your goal and then you you slow down. So that I I would say that's one thing I, I took from the 10x that I kind of agreed with is hey, maybe set a loftier goal than is even achievable so that you don't ever get to that, oh, now I can kind of go on cruise control. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So yeah, profit, I'm telling you, your trip is so much better. Now, if it's a trip where you're like, hey, if we find stuff, whatever, then I wouldn't stress about it. But if you're hoping to make the trip profitable, the sooner you can get to that place, even on eBay, based on what you buy, once you buy a certain amount, you're like, you know what? It's more than is going to cover the trip your trip's going to be a lot smoother. I've been on the trip where it's kind of like, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. And then the last day and I'm like, I, wow, this is, this is rough. And you, and it just haunts you. It just stays on you the entire time. All right. How about willing to adapt? Did you have to adapt a little bit on your trip? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'd say this is probably one of the unspoken or maybe often spoken is uh, mottos of Pierce podcast is being <laughs> willing to adapt. Um, and, and yeah, so, I mean, I definitely had to adapt. There were, there were days we drove further than we were expecting. There were days where we didn't stop as much. There were days where we stopped more. Um, having to spend time fixing the trailer, uh, like I mentioned on the while we were on the road, did that on the road episode. Um, my dad needed to go to the hospital, oh, and right. so like all like so that changes things, right? So you can't you can kind of you can go into something willing to control the things you can control, but you always have to be willing to adapt because you can only control the things you can control. And if it comes out that Hey, you came here to source a certain item, but there's better items. But that might mean I need to. I was only planning on doing, you know, uh, FBA, but now I need to do some merchant fulfilled because this is just this. I can't pass up on this. And so you always have to be willing to adapt. You can't be so rigid in in your system because you're you're leaving money on the table. That being said, you also have to have I think realistic boundaries and say I'm not gonna. I, this is my plan and I'm not going to deviate too far from that. Like I'm planning on going here and seeing these people. So I'm not going to get halfway and say, Hey, I got this deal. And I'm going to go to this other place and I'm going to actually go back on my word or I'm not going to achieve the things I want to achieve. So there have to be realistic boundaries that you're going to kind of follow to guide you, but you have to be willing to move within that because uh, what I've discovered over the years is you set a target, right? Let's say it's the moon and you've got this target, the moon. As you get closer and closer, you realize that your target what you really wanted, that goal you really wanted might have shifted. And so your your actions are going to shift with it. And so by the time you actually get to, to that point, you might have realized, hey, that thing I originally wanted or was doing isn't actually where I should be. I found this other path that was better. But if you weren't in motion, moving and willing to adapt a little bit here and there, you're not going to ultimately reach the goals you want to reach. And so if your goal is profit, you got to be willing to adapt because we all know that you know sometimes it's the fingerlings that are profitable and sometimes it's not. <laughs> or sometimes never. Now. I got two examples. So on this trip, I'll go with the first one. So on my sourcing trip, I had the very first day I'm talking about, like I had to hit all these stores and there was one store that had the most in stock out of all the stores, but the store was two hours and 40 minutes away. So I had planned to hit the store up the next day. 
I was going to get up early. I was going to get up early, by the way. Get up early, be there, write it open, take everything, go back, and then do my FBA shipment. But what ended up happening, and I was going down the road, I looked and I looked at the next store. I was going to be done a little bit early, but it was going to be at a time. So let's say the store closed at nine o'clock. I could get to that store at that point in time by like eight o'clock and I would have been fine. Or I could go to the next store, which had like a limited, it had like maybe 10 or so of the item and then try to make it, but I may not make it to the next one. So I'll just leave it towards the next day. So I had a dilemma. I was kind of like, okay, do I follow my plan? Right. And, and risk it. Or do I just drive to this out of the way, go for the for sure thing? Do I just adapt and, and make it happen? And I'm glad I made the call. This is why. So I skipped the next door. I just ended up going to the one that was super far away, two hours and 42 minutes. I was already exhausted from being on a plane, driving all the hours. I'm like, but you know, I got to make this happen. So I show up and it was beautiful. Like I wish they had more in stock. I mean, it was, everything was there. It was nice. Took all that, drove home, and it was kind of nice because then the next day, I didn't have to get up early, so I slept in. <laughs> and I went to the store that I planned on going the night before that would have put things at risk, and they were sold out. So had I made that call not to adapt, I would have missed out on inventory there. And who knows what I would have missed out on the on the next door the next morning, and I was able to get more sleep. <laughs> and I was able to pack everything and ship everything out. So by two in the afternoon, I was done with my FBA shipment and I had on a whole other day and a half to keep moving. The other part was on the eBay side, my goal was to go to the store that shall not be named. <laughs> that was one of my goals. Like I was just going to hit up all these little, you know, I, I like hole in the wall, like thrift stores, like mom and pop, you know, independent businesses. But my experience has always been with those stores is that there's not a lot of good inventory. I don't know why that is. I mean, maybe it's because there's less volume. Let us know in the comments. What are your thoughts? Is it just is it just Orlando or is that the way it is? I don't know. Because we, we talk about the store that should not be named having limited right now. But I would go to these mom and pop stores and I've never had a major score at any of these stores. So I planned out a route where I was not going to go to any stores that shall not be named. And then I just said, you know what? I, I can't do this. Like I, I can't because I keep going to these stores and there's nothing there. At least I know at the store that shall not be named, there'll be something there. There may not be a lot there. So what ended up happening is I adapted and it still ended up being profitable on the eBay end. It just wasn't as profitable as I planned it out to be. But again, if, if I didn't adapt, I may have been going to other stores and not finding anything. And so luckily I found this store. It wasn't like in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, but it was a store that like if a reseller had hit that store, they would have picked up all the stuff I picked up. But I don't think there were a lot of resellers there. And so it worked out. But again, adapting is key. You got to adapt, whether it be, you know, you got to pick up. I've had to do before where I flew in somewhere. I didn't plan on picking up. Uh, a larger vehicle, but then I had this huge haul and it was like, well, I guess I got to go back to the rental car place and I got to ask them for one of their cargo vans and it is what it is. Or whether it's like you got to stay an extra night at a hotel or whether it means, you know, you, <laughs> you end up traveling to another part of a state or to another state. I actually was going to go to Kansas city, uh, but 
I didn't. You actually were going to go to New Mexico, right? But luckily... Yeah, we drove through it. I mean, even even with that, like, we, we had planned to go to a few other places in Texas that uh, were kind of COVID hotspots and things were closing down. And so we're like, probably not wise for us to go there. Um, we had to drive like an extra three hours one day just to make it through New Mexico. We would have, we would have probably stopped and stayed in New Mexico. And so, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things that were, were just, we had to be flexible on. We actually didn't book a lot of our hotel until like the night before okay. we knew where we'd be staying just about. And then, yeah, there was a lot of flexibility because it's like, all right, we're going to change. We're in Waco. We got to enjoy, you know, the, the silos and all the fun things there. Um, well, we're not actually going to go to this place and this place anymore. So now where do we go? Right. And so kind of figuring it out and then finding the nearest hotels and, and ordering them. And, and the nice thing was there was plenty of that, but had we have been too rigid and, and, and booked all of those hotels in advance, then we would have been on almost on railroads, right? Like hmm. you'd have been stuck being railroaded from city to city on time to time when you'd have to go and when you leave. We actually stayed an extra night one place and another place where like, should we stay? No, we were planning on staying two nights in this city. We're only going to stay one, right? Because it just it wasn't what we were expecting. And so we went somewhere else. And so, yeah, there's a lot of flexibility. And so leaving that kind of planning ahead of knowing, hey, are there enough stops? Where are the cities I want to go? And then, you know, things like a rental vehicle. Yeah, you've got to get that ahead of time. A lot of times, though, things like hotels, you really don't. Like, there's always room. Oh, right and now deals. it's so yeah. easy with the apps and everything. Yeah. Even with rental cars. Yeah. You sometimes get the better deal the day of. Yep. I've gotten the better deal 30 minutes before. Yeah, if you can do that with like, uh, I mean, obviously right now cruise ships are not the thing, but um, <laughs> but I hear that's the thing. Like if you're, if you can go like the day of a cruise or like the week before and buy your tickets then, you get significantly better prices yeah. than if you buy them months and months in advance because the average person needs to buy it months and months in advance to plan their trip and make sure... But if you if you've got the flexibility, you can oftentimes get better deals. So if you have flexibility, you're going on a road trip, you're you're flying in somewhere, whatever it is, and you have some flexibility, try and take advantage of good deals where you can by doing the day up. Now you might get burned, right? There is a chance you're in a city, there's no vacancy, right? Chances are probably pretty low of that, but it could happen. And so you take those risks, but uh, you know you got to weigh that with with what are you gaining, right? You're gaining the ability to say, you know what. I don't want to stay in this city. The sourcing here is terrible. I'm going to drive two cities over, right? And you have that flexibility. Agreed. Agreed. All right. I think it's time for our next segment. But before we get there, hey, if you haven't been following us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, we are Pierce Podcast. On Twitter, we are Pierce Cast. Thank you all that give us a phone call every once in a while. We want to do a, like a call-in show. So if you want to leave us some more voicemails, that'd be great. Yeah. 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. You can always email us, podcast at gmail.com. Appreciate all of you emailing us at podcast at gmail.com. And we are grateful for those of you that are on YouTube as our YouTube continues to grow little by little. Where We appreciate every single one of you that subscribe and hit that bell notification. Continue to do it. If you, li- if you listen to a podcast and you haven't done that, we recommend you do because we'll, Mike and I plan on dropping more videos. It all depends on how much time we have, but uh, we are a podcast primarily, but we like getting out there and showing a little bit of thrifting garage sales or even tips here and there about what are best practices. And as always, thank you for all the reviews on iTunes. Thank you for buying. We had some shirts selling lately, so nice. appreciate that. And and thank you for the donation. So just grateful for all of you. Yeah. All right. Are we now, ready? It's time. Oh. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So our first one comes from Jessica. IG handle uh, is at shop underscore mo and 
underscore and underscore co. So shop Mo and co. Uh, after listening to the podcast, decided to try garage sales. Ended up at a block that rerouted traffic and found a garage sale. Came across a pair of Yeezy Boost 250 shoes on the floor of a garage sale mixed in with other shoes. Yeezys, and there's money there. Um, Use the awkward silence method to bargain. Um, and Jessica actually said this is one of her favorite episodes was when Orlando and I played this out. <laughs> That's so awkward. We, we I don't even remember what episode that was. But uh, but yeah, you know. You, oh, you Yeezy. Make, they're Yeezy 350. Yeezy 350. 350s. That was my typo. My that, apologies. That's 150 better or 100 better 100 than the 250s. Um, so anyways, use that, the silence, the awkward silence method, which can be very, very powerful. Uh, picked them up for $45, sold them in a week for $220 in Mercari. Jessica... That's the way to do it. Just, you know, being awkward, especially because it sounds like you weren't like really a garage selling, like you weren't super experienced with this. You wanted to go out and try it and you did some some negotiations, which that takes a lot of guts, especially. I mean, there's a lot of people who've been reselling for years and they're still working on negotiations and it comes more naturally to some people and others. But you made it work and you picked up shoes that you were able to sell for 220 bucks for 45 that's amazing Good and, job. She, and she shared more of the story after i let her know that we're gonna talk about some podcasts she had talked about how when she went the shoes were actually amongst a pile of shoes on the garage floor now why would somebody do that to a bunch of a pair of yeezys i don't know i mean i would but you know i'm not a yeezy fan uh as far as the shoes go and what ended up happening was she thinks it's it was like the husband's shoe collection. And so she she moved fast because you know how it goes. You ask like, hey, I need to ask my spouse about this. And then you kind of, you know, might not work out. So so good for you, Jessica. Implementing successful garage sale tips. Yeah, the the husband's gonna be like, Hey, where did my Yeezys go? Oh man, I don't want to be there for that conversation. Yep. All right. Hey, next we have Trey, IG handle Trey Gibson 76. Trey is, is the individual that made those cars for you for, uh, yes. what was that game? Yeah. Gaslands. Gaslands. Yeah. So yeah, that car's legit. Yeah. I know my, <laughs> my, Mike so is great for that one. And so Trey picked up a lot of items for 50 bucks on Facebook marketplace. Have you been sourcing on Facebook marketplace? How do you find that working out here? I'm um, pretty good. I mean, I haven't used it in a, a couple of weeks just because I've been busy with other things, but I'm planning on uh, doing a whole lot more local sourcing. And uh, so, yeah, Facebook Marketplace. It's been rough for me. Maybe really? it, it all depends on what you're sourcing, though. But you gotta source everything. I have more luck on OfferUp than I do on Facebook Marketplace. Source everything. No, it's true. It's true. Everything. So refrigerators. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Fifty bucks everything. on Facebook Marketplace. Someone was selling a mixed lot of items because they were moving. Was told there was a rug if you wanted it. Just kind of like, hey, here's a rug. Throw it in there. So listed the item and held out after several offers. Sold a Blockbuster video large entry rug for three hundred dollars plus shipping. Nice. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Are you old enough to have gone to a blockbuster? Yes, of course I am. <laughs> I know, Come on checking. now. That's ridiculous. So I remember those Be rugs. Everyone. Who would have thought walk those rugs you walked over every time you walked in would be worth that much? You're walking on cash. So nice work. Expensive rugs. You know, plus plus then there's uh there's the the nostalgia of well, that's oh, why it sold for 300. So nice work, Trey, Trey Gibson76 on Instagram. Uh that I like that. That that is an awesome sale. One, because it was like last minute. Two, it's nostalgic. I like it. So it's good stuff. All right. Our next one comes from Cody. Um, I'm going to butcher this, but the Instagram handle at, is it Pfeiffer.flips? Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Uh, P-H-I-F-E-R dot flips. 
So I was new to reselling and just started listening to the podcast, went to some thrift stores, and after hitting some yard sales, he came across four scanners for $6.99 each. He looked them up on eBay and decided to put them all in his cart, went home and tested two, uh, came with the AC adapters and, and, USB. Uh, and the USB and two without. He listed them each for $400, immediately received three offers for $380, holy cow, and the last one for $380 uh, a little bit later. One person bought all of them. Uh, they were Fujista Scan Snap. Fujitsu. I- yep, that's what I said. Uh, Fujisto uh, Snap Snap <laughs> IX 500 wireless document scanners. It doesn't really matter what they were. They were expensive, and you picked them up for cheap, and you sold four of them for 380 bucks each. Dude, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that that the new resellers love to experience because you're hooked, man. You're in. Now. That hooks you. Even in. even if you've been reselling you're for ten years. Those those keep you motivated. Like, hey, this is why I got into reselling, right? Because you can get caught up in the bread and butter, and then bread and butter after a while feels like work. But then you have those home runs. You're like, this is why I I do reselling. Uh, one of the reasons I do reselling. So, nice job there, Cody. I gotta tell you, I haven't sourced an electronic item that's sold for a lot in a long time. In a while, I've been lazy. I just don't want to test anything. That's one problem. So, hey, nice work, Jessica, Trey, and Cody. Appreciate you. And if you're not following the hashtag Hustle of the Week on Instagram, you should. It's instant bolos. Like, you don't have to pay. It's completely free. And whenever somebody has a major sale, it comes up on your feed under hashtag Hustle of the Week. And you're like, hey, here's another item I should keep an eye out for. Yeah. All right. What's your uh, Hustle of the Week? Uh, So... When I was at uh, my mom's house and it was just actually not too far outside of Colorado Springs. So I wasn't too far from where you went. And there were a couple of thrift stores. There are actually, I think only two, one real thrift store and one kind of mom and pop that wasn't, it was like more of an antique store. But anyways, uh, was it like in an office building kind of on the mm, lower floor? No. Okay. Um, so there's, there's a, a Goodwill that I went to twice. Right. And the first time I went, I didn't really find anything. I found a couple of shirts, I think a pair of shoes. Didn't do super well. I mean, it wasn't terrible. And then I decided two days later, I'm going to go back, right? Now, this is something I don't typically do um, often enough is go to thrift store. If you go into a thrift store, a lot of times it's like they've got nothing here and you don't go back for weeks and then you go back or another week and you go back. But sometimes just a day or two later and things change, right? And then I go back the next time and I'm finding some pretty good items. Um, two of the the things that I got, which I was really proud of and excited for, um, I got a two boxes, um, two separate dolls, but each in a box uh, of these. They're called Madeline and Friend dolls, and they were two ninety nine or two fifty or something like that. And I think they were the half off tag, which is bizarre because usually when new inventory comes in, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't come in as the half off color. So I don't know if this was just like in the back somewhere and then somebody brought it out. But uh, these two dolls. I picked them up for basically a little over a dollar each. One of the boxes is a little bit dented and messed up, but the other box looks pristine. I'm seeing a lot of these dolls, the Madeline and Friend dolls, selling for you know upwards of $40 to $50. Some of them open, not in boxes. Some of them with boxes are going for even more, right? And so I was able to find one of the dolls uh, and comps on it. The other doll, I wasn't able to find any comps, but it's also, it's the one that has kind of the messed up package. So I'm like... Is this one a little bit more like rare, unique? I don't know. So I'm going to throw it up. I'm going to list it high. And then at that same place, right next to those dolls, I found a Pirates of the Caribbean um, dice game, like the Dead Man's Dice oh, Game yeah, or whatever, yeah, right? Those, yeah. And for a while, like I feel like you could see those occasionally. 
And again, it was like a couple of dollars for this game sealed in the box. And there's comps going for like $40, $50 on these. Really? Right, and for brand new. Game? Yeah, because a lot of Large them, dice? That's what it's called. Something like that, yeah. And and so I picked up the game and the two dolls for like 4 or $5. And I know that I'm going to make probably at least combined $100 net. And that I think is being a little bit on the low side. But, but at nothing else, this is like a store that I went to two days before and didn't find anything. I go two days later and just in two minutes, I've got $100 profit, right? So nice. that just goes to show you got to be willing to keep going, be consistent and search through things and don't don't sleep on the toys, right? I make a lot of money looking through toys. Um, I hope I'm not killing my, uh, my niche here, but yeah, a lot of people won't. So spend a little bit of time there. Nice. All right. So mine is a follow-up. So remember when I picked up all that hunting gear, that's like a hunting gear. I'm all sold out. Nice. I'm all done now. It was a hustle week on two ends. One is because it was a score. And the second part was because I learned a lot. So recap real quick. I went to the thrift store in the middle of the day. This was like two in the afternoon. It was on that day where everything's, you know, half off except for a certain color tag. I go, no one picked these up. No one. Like, I'm not sure why. I, actually, there was a guy that had one in his hand. And he's like, ah, never mind. And he put it back. So I picked up about 15 pieces that day. Uh, it's Sitka hunting gear, S-I-T-K-A. And this stuff is pretty hard to find. Even when you try to buy it on marketplaces or whatever, like people know what they have. They're not going to sell it for cheap. So at the store, they had a bunch of jackets. They had pullovers. They had pants uh, ranging from prices from 15 to 25. So I went in the store. I found four jackets on one rack. Then I found two in another rack. I'm like, I'm going to go through every part of the store and see if this is anywhere else. And sure enough, I found, you know, a vest here. I found another two pullovers here. I found some pants over here. And I was like, wow. So I picked up 15 pieces. Now, I didn't realize how much like knowledge you had to have for these because I listed these. And right off the bat, I had all these hunters you know, messaging me like, Hey, what model is it? I'm like, I, it's whatever it says. They're like, no, 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 go. There's a serial number here and then look up the serial number and I'll tell you what style. So I learned how to find a serial number. I learned how to find which style it was. And then I also learned that like how they're built makes a difference. So some have more layers than others and, and some, it all depends on whether it's Gore-Tex or not. I mean, I, I learned a lot. So in total, I paid about $280 for all this hunting gear. So it was pants, pullovers, jackets, everything. Sold all of them for about $1,500. Nice. So it was nice. Now, net, probably like 1K. Easy, right? And some of the stuff was so easy to ship. It was like padded envelope, medium flat rate box. I mean, it was never more difficult than that. So keep an eye. I ate, It kept me going. Like I'm like... I, I like thrift store still. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big fan right now here in San Diego because it's kind of rough. But then again, this was in San Diego, right? So you never know what you're gonna find. So yeah, that was my hustle of the week. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's get back on the road, or let's get back from being back on the road. Let's get back from being back on the road. Yeah, or basically, let's go back home. All right, now let's be home. What is what is? So we we talked about be, you know before the road on the road. Now we're back home from the road. Did you change handling when you're out there? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, unfortunately, like I mentioned before, you kind of are limited on the, the your handling days. You know, 
Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but like you can go one, two, three, five. And then it jumps to seven or something. Yeah, like seven. And then it's like 10. And then it's like 15, right? Like you can't say like, my original thought was like, hey, so I'm going to go like nine days handling time. And then after I'm on the road, I'm going to go down to eight. You could do that. And then I'm going to go down to seven. But there's there's numbers that you can't go to. Like you're... There's only... There's, there's only... It jumps from three to five, I think. That's the only one. No, but you can't go, you can't do 14 business days. You can't do 13 business days. You can't do 12 business days. At least we couldn't figure out how to do that. Like we were, we were stuck at a yeah. certain one. So once we got to the point where it's like, Hey, okay, now we can go back down to 10 business days or whatever it was that next marker. Uh, but yeah, so when we got home, we, we definitely adjusted our handling time. And then we had to ship out all the stuff that sold. So we had a ton of stuff that sold when we were on the road. And those things were, um, for the most part, people were willing to wait. I don't think we had any of them. Maybe one person said to, to go ahead and cancel, but I think everybody else was like, no, it's fine. Like, you know, you'll be shipping this out in a week and a half. This is the date we'll tell them, like, we'll ship it out this morning on this date. And people were fine with it. And so even with the long handling times, we probably had fewer sales than we would have if it was, you know, next day, next business day or same day. But even still, you know, you do what you can. Okay. No, and here's the thing. We And we probably should have talked about this on the planning. <laughs> So we kind of reverse. Hopefully you listen this far so you get this. So in part of the planning, right, before you hit the road, you need to plan when you're going to change your handling time. What I mean by this is sometimes you'll change your handling time and you might be on the road, you already changed it, but there may be somebody who bought something two days ago, but they didn't pay for it yet. And then they pay for it after the fact and it's going to mess with your metrics. So be ready for that. Usually eBay is pretty good about that. You call them after the fact. You're like, hey, this person bought it. They didn't pay for it. I changed my handling time. I was out of town. There's no way I could ship it in time. Right. So be aware of that. Now, when you change your handling time, the easiest way I, and I, I get, we get a lot of DMS about this. And I think it's because a lot of people don't know is you go to my eBay, you go to account, you go either to business policies or you go to site preferences and then business policies. And then you go to shipping. And what you do there is you create different shipping policies. So I'll give you an example. I have one that's called first class free. So anything that I can ship first class, I ship it free. And I put first class free. I title it first class free. I put that it's only GSP. And then my handling time is same day handling. Now, when I change it, right, I can just go to my shipping policies. A lot of people are trying to go through the bulk edit route. That gets tricky too. There's also glitchiness when it comes to the, when you go to the shipping policies, like if you already sent offers or you got an offer, it won't let you change it anymore. It's already blocked out. So what it does, it'll create a separate shipping policy and it'll say first class free copy. I'm not sure when eBay is going to fix that. I've talked to eBay multiple times about that because it's always been in a problem, especially I remember that one time when we had to do item specifics mm -hmm. and they wouldn't let me change anything until I did item specifics, like a thousand items. But luckily, it took care of it for me because eBay is a bay. So, right, my mic is right here. So you can go after you create your business policy. When you want to change that shipping handling time, you just go and you can choose. And you're right, Mike. It goes one, two, three, and then it says excessive, not typical, <laughs> and then it jumps to it goes four or five. Then it jumps to ten, to fifteen, to twenty, and then to thirty. Now, I used to when I had more than one day shipping time changes, I would message everybody. Every single sale I'd message. Now I don't do that anymore, especially because of COVID right now. I think people are used to longer shipping times. Unless the policy is more than three business days handling, 
I usually don't message people. And usually people are willing to wait. Every once in a while, you might get a message like, hey, when are you going to ship this out? But it, it's usually not a big deal. I, actually, when it's been like five days, I haven't messaged anybody. I never, like this last time, I didn't have any problems with anyone. I didn't message anybody. No, Nobody wanted to cancel. It was all good. Now, the reason I say ship quickly is because once people know you're back, <laughs> they want their stuff. And so if you don't want to spend all night when you get back or all day the next day shipping, extend out your handling time even more. So you give yourself some space. I know some people that give themselves three more days shipping handling time so they can like take their time. I usually like shipping it right away because the metrics begin to kick in. I really believe the algorithm plays a large part. So be aware. I would say ship quickly because you're going to be listing again. You're going to, you're not going to, you're not going to move forward in your reselling. If you're just waiting to ship out stuff, you already should have shipped out a while back. So it's good. All right. What about listing quickly? Yeah. How, do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you should, you should do that. <laughs> I just give Mike a hard time. Cause right now, like you still have stuff that you got to list. I still yeah. have stuff. No, I've got stuff I need to list. That's already been in here in my office in my trailer. We haven't even unloaded it yet. Um, primarily cause we're, we're debating whether we're going to do a storage unit, what size storage unit we're going to do, whether we should load stuff in here for now. Um, we're running out of space here. We're kind of wanting to expand, have something else going on. And so it's it's an issue of, do we really want to move all that stuff? I have some some death piles here right now. Do we want to dig through and get a couple of the big ticket items, you know, the really pricey stuff, get that up. And so, yeah, ideally you're going to list right away, but, um, you know, also you got to be realistic with your life. Um, we took a vacation that we worked on. And so when you come back from that, it's like, well, we didn't really have a vacation vacation. We worked right. And so we want to have a little bit of downtime and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you're, if you're achieving your goals, you're meeting all of the things you want to do, you're paying your bills. You know, you, you can work as hard as you want to work. You don't have to kill yourself working if you don't need to. And, uh, you know, trying to get my son back into a routine and all of that. So, and it's been hot. It's been so hot, stupid hot. Uh, so we haven't unloaded the trailer yet, but we will over in the next week or two and we'll get all that stuff listed. Uh, but yeah, ideally you come home, you ship everything and you have everything listed within a couple of days, right? Like that would be the dream. Well, and that's what I'm doing right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's been great. And this is why I say list quickly because you see the fruits of your labor faster and then it inspires you to do a trip like this again. Cause you're, you're going, Hey, you know what? It was worth it. When I went to Wisconsin earlier this summer, I listed those items right away and I already was in the profit within a few days because a lot of those items sold, right? And hopefully when I drop the YouTube on Friday about my trip to Colorado, I'll have more things on there that sold because I've already listed half of those items and I'm hoping to list the rest of it today. I'll be good to go. But you want to list quickly because you want to see your return faster. So it'll motivate you to do this again because if it just sits around, you, you know, I, I I don't know. I think it it slows you down. That's just my thoughts. After doing this several times, all right. And the last part, document. What now, if you've done, you know, if you're on social media and you've done a YouTube or Instagram and you have archives, at, you know, I think that counts, but you want to document, you want to document, okay, what are, whatever way you document, I'm not saying get a painter paper. I'm not saying, you know, do a spreadsheet. I'm just saying document. What are the places you went to that were successful or the places you want to avoid? What are some things you would do different the next time? Right. What are some things you would have packed? What are some things you wouldn't have packed? So you're saying do a, a journal and do a reflection in the journal. Yes. So keep a diary. Whatever, and, uh, whatever you want to call it. I, I just think it's so important because 
I really, I really, right now, I think I'm at, I, I know how to do Amazon FBA on the road now. Like I am, it's a machine now. Nice. Like I source and you carry a machine and yeah. I carry a machine because it's a machine. But I'm telling you, like, I, I remember like even four years ago when I would do these FBA sourcing trips, man, it was horrendous. Like I, you know, even the little things like, um, you know, the, the bellhop, what, what do you use? What are those carts? The luggage carts at the mm-hmm. hotel? Yep. Like I've learned that when I source to use those carts, cause it'll make my life easier. Where back in the day, the thought never crossed my mind. To use the cart to help bring your stuff to your room? Yes. Dude, I had like 130 units. Like how many? And it was on the third floor. So how, you know, carrying like five at a time in the elevator, I would have been doing it all night. Instead, I took two trips. I loaded up both luggage carts and I was good to go. Now, were there people going like, what is this guy doing? Sure, there were, right? Yeah. Be comfortable being weird. And also recognize the area because there have been some sketchy areas. <laughs> like I remember when I sourced for Toys R Us up in uh, in California, in so- SoCal, there are some parts that I stayed in a hotel with my son and I'm like, I got it under the cover. Now, this is another thing you got to think about. When do you, if you're doing FBA or even eBay, when do you bring stuff into the room? So I've done it under the cover of night because there's not a lot of people there and they know they don't know what's in my room. Yeah. And then the other thing too is bring, I always bring moving <laughs> blankets. I'm shooking. I always bring moving blankets. <laughs> kind uh, of. Moving blankets work for multiple ways, right? Like if I had big items that were delicate, I could kind of pad them with big moving blankets yeah. and you can go to Harbor Freight. Um, I don't, I don't uh, recommend Harbor Freight for a lot of things. Tools and stuff will break often. I mean, they can get some great deals, but you can often when they have sales, you can get moving blankets, huge ones for you know, four or $5. So I always keep a few uh, in my car or, you know, in the trailer. And they're nice because yeah, if you have a bunch of inventory in your car, you just throw a moving blanket over it. And if you have something that's breakable, you th- wrap it in a mm-hmm. moving blanket, right? And they don't take up a lot of space. So um, that's one option too, right? You've got, you've got a lot of inventory. Maybe you're bringing it in. You've got one of those dollies where you're pushing it in on, throw a moving blanket over it. So people aren't necessarily seeing, or if you've got it in your car and you're like, I'm going to leave it in the car tonight. I don't want to deal with bringing stuff inside. There's too much. Uh, cover it up, cover the windows, moving blankets, and you're safer than you would be if you've got, you know, all of the fingerlings are just right there in the window where people are like, what, a fingerling? I'm going to break in. Yeah. We'll say Nintendo Switch. Maybe it's Nintendo <laughs> Switches. But I, again, take notes. So next time you'll just get better every single time. Because on the eBay side, I, I actually, this is another, give another story. So when I did that sourcing trip in Utah for eBay, I had packed so much of my suitcase, literally when I, when I picked my suitcase at the airport in San Diego, it ripped open in half and like they, they like taped it. Like, I don't know why, I don't even know what happened. So I learned that next time when I do this trip, I need to have one of those hard shell yeah, luggages instead of a, luggage. And then, well, I don't know about tape my luggage, but I ended up learning that, Hey, if I'm going to be doing sourcing, not to take a material luggage, like the, you know, the cloth ones, but get one of those hard clamshell kind of deals. Cause those, you know, you can stuff in, it's not going to rip open. Right. I mean, the zipper may break, but if it gets banged around and you got something heavy in there, you're good. So again, document, take note. So, you know, for next time, how to make it better. Yeah. So hopefully this brought a lot of value looking for, I think I'm going to do another trip. I'm inspired to like fly out in the next few days now. So we'll see what happens. Do it. Do like, do like, uh, 
a foreign country. That'd be fun. Well, you can't do that right now. No, that's true. So, well, you could. Well, it depends on country. there's certain countries that are open. Okay, yeah, but I need to be back at a certain time too, so. That's fine. <laughs> Just go for five hours. Yeah. <laughs> and with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.